In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. All right. Hello and welcome back to the Bravo Docket. So we are entering into a lawsuit that has been requested quite often. I think ever since we started the podcast, people have been asking us to dig into this. And this has been on our list for a while. We are finally going to dive into the many legal issues of Apollo Nita and his ex-wife, Phaedra Parks. And there are a lot of twists and turns. We'll have some law, there's some drama, and we're excited to dive in. So let's start with some background. Who is Apollo? Who is Phaedra? Apollo presently is 43 years old. He was born on November 19th, 1978. He has two children with Phaedra. Claims he met Phaedra when she was still in law school in 1995 when he saw her driving across the Chattahoochee Bridge. Phaedra pretty much confirms this story. I watched a little video of them on Watch What Happens Live when they were still married. And then Phaedra, I think anyone that's watched Real Housewives is familiar with Phaedra. Do you want to talk about Phaedra a little bit, Ceci, or you want me to keep going? You can keep going. Okay. So Phaedra was born and raised in Georgia. She definitely presents herself as a Southern belle. Phaedra received her BA with honors from Wesleyan College in Macon, Georgia, and then her JD from the University of Georgia. She was Super Lawyers Rising Stars in 2007, the Super Lawyers magazine. She's on there with her arms crossed. She was, I think, a very entertaining character on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. When she came on, she came in pretty hot. She made some controversial comments pretty quickly, talking about how she only married men that didn't have children. I think they were on their way to watch a horse race or something. She was wearing a very fancy hat. I remember that. Her baby shower was something. There was, there was a lot of stuff. What do you remember about Pedro? All of that. And it, <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because the first legal issue that we're going to talk about is Apollo's federal conspiracy arrest charges. One of the members of 
that criminal team was Angela Stanton. And she points out all of these things that you're talking about from the show. It's the very first thing she opens up with in her book is everything that Phaedra did that kind of tarnished her own reputation and how she like played up being a little Southern Belle. So just it's funny. It's interesting to see a summary of someone we know from watching Real Housewives in illegal pleading. But yeah, yeah, that's how she starts off her book. So I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. She literally puts like season three, episode 12. People call her a liar because she lied about the due date of her pregnancy. That like was that. nuts yeah. to me. That might be one of my favorite Real Housewives moments because she's sitting there with these women who are mothers. They have had children and they're looking at her like, we are not stupid. You don't have like a magic baby that gets done growing at seven months. Like that's just not, you don't have like a magic gestation time. Like that's not how that works. And she kept it going and all the women are just looking at it like, uh, okay. And then wasn't Kim... Like, I was yes. a nurse. Yeah. Yes. And yes, I think Fader said something, well, just because you wear a nurse costume when you strip doesn't make you a nurse. But I, I think Kim was an actual nurse. And also, she, you don't have to be a nurse to understand the gestation time for a human baby. I know. She really came in with a bang. I, it's still, I don't think you've ever seen The Hot Wives of Las Vegas or whatever it was or the, the parody show, but it's there's a Phaedra character on there and it's so funny and they go into all that. Yeah, so let's go, let's get into some law with them. So the first case, like I mentioned, that we're going to talk about is the kind of auto title fraud conspiracy. And both Angela and I decided to pick up copies of Angela Stanton's books She's written a lot about her life experience and particularly her legal issues. What did you think of your book? I picked up The Life of a Real Housewife, which talks about this whole conspiracy. And Angela, you picked up the other book. Yeah, I picked up the book. It's called Dismissed with Prejudice, basically because a case Phaedra files against her was dismissed with prejudice. And I just want to put a little disclaimer here. When Ceci and I got these books, we did not know how problematic Angela Stanton became. And so... We find that out later, and we'll fill you in on the details of that yeah. later on. But yeah. she, yeah, it seems like she started out as one way and then took a severe turn in another direction that is not something that either Ceci or I are okay with. Yeah, that's all to say. I found the book very entertaining. It has some dark subjects. It was a fast read. I read it in about two hours. And it gave a lot of insight into what happened. However, that being said, it's through the lens of Angela Stanton, who has some disdain for Phaedra. But I thought it would be worth mentioning what she mentions in this book. And I'd like to go over just a bit of it. Not to read her whole book. I still recommend you read it if you're at all interested. I'm not going to like sit here and do a, let's read with Ceci <laughs> and read her entire thing. But she starts out, it's like the first chapter, and she says, Phaedra Parks was a snake I allowed to slither her way into my life. Once she got close enough to bite, she did, and she slithered away. She left me to die a slow and sure death. The heifer ne never even looked back. Wow, she's so, a snake and a heifer. A snake and a heifer. Who knew you could be both? And then, so she gets into, I'm not going to, like, of course, read this, but she gets into how she met Phaedra. She was, like, in a really dark place in her life. She needed to make some money. She says Phaedra was, like, very successful. She, she dressed up very well, walked in very confidently, drove around in a nice car, gained the respect of people just by how she held herself. And she gained the, Angela's respect as well. Not you, Angela. I guess maybe we should call her Stanton. <laughs> Let's call her Stanton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shoot. Double names again. 
Wait, um, so when did she say she first met Phaedra? Around 1998. Okay, so not that long after Phaedra says she met Apollo. Yeah, 1988, 1999. She hadn't brought Angela to meet Apollo yet by then. Angela says that, excuse me, Stanton says that Phaedra was a good attorney, but she would sleep with a lot of her clients. This is from the book. I'm not saying it. That she would break a lot of her attorney-client privilege by sharing stuff with Angela Stanton about things, like, I guess, a rapper mystical. She was like, if you read this book, you might want to ask Phaedra about your attorney-client privileges. I will not elaborate on too many details for the sake of mystical, but that's the rapper. But I would like to say that Phaedra told me that mystical was guilty long before he was ever convicted. Just pointing that one out. By the way, not if that's true. That's not a common thing among attorneys. I just want everyone to know that we are we hold the privilege sacred. So that's not we all hold that sacred. That's why we are also stressed out because <laughs> we're all full of secrets that we can't talk about. So you're fine is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why we when we get some gossip that we can share on this podcast, we're so excited to share it. Because <laughs> it's like something we can actually talk about. Yeah. So she also says she made a promise to me, this is Phaedra, that if I ever got into any trouble, she would represent me. And that was my security blanket. She told me that there was a secret society among lawyers and judges. She made me believe if I ever got busted for anything, she would be able to get me off. This was because of her affiliations. And then she said it started out really simple. What she would do, this is all, again, alleged in this book. It might not be true. Stanton says that Phaedra would provide computer printouts, fake identification cards, and fraudulent checks. The computer printouts contained brand names and the model numbers of specific electronic items. They included laptop computers, Palm Pilots, and DVD players, jewelry, home furnishings, and televisions. And so what she would do, or what she claims Phaedra had Stanton do, was to go to stores and pick up those items, like the corresponding items. In the early 2000s? Like yeah, how yeah, long? yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're, okay. Yeah, so she would get seven computers in one day. She said, it amazed me that any person with any kind of government ID could write a check on a business account. I always thought it had to be a particular business owner. When I wrote checks well over $10,000, which were never even verified or questioned, damn, Phaedra was one smart broad. I kept that bit of information under my hat because it was good to know for future reference. The game was set up like this. If I stole one of your business checks, I can make an exact duplicate of that said check. I can next go on a spree. Name or identification didn't have to match what was on the card. It could be any Jane or John Doe. The check would still be approved as long as it was a business account. If inquiries were made, then I could easily report that I was your associate in charge of whatever part of the business, secretary, or partner. I treated my hustle just like a regular job. That was the early on stuff. That's not what led to this auto title fraud. But I wanted to read that to provide, in Stanton's view, the background on how this started. Stanton's saying she meets up with Phaedra, not entirely sure in what context. And I know from the book I read that Phaedra denies that later, that they were friends or anything. But she says they meet up. And then according to Stanton, Phaedra gets her involved in the early 2000s in this ongoing criminal enterprise where she's using business checks and she's the one cashing them and whatever. So And something about I, buying laptops. I don't know how that fits into it, but it's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> but she I does claim they were super close. Like, we'd talk on the phone every day, huh. chit-chat, gossip, good friends. I don't like what she said about how, according to Stanton, Phaedra said that there's a secret society of judges and lawyers. I, that's not a thing. It was. <laughs> when I read that, it reminded me of Girardi. So it is a thing. It's oh, happened. okay. It is a thing. And it comes up later in this book because... We'll get there. But it does come up later and how it negatively affected Stanton, according to Stanton. Yeah, well, it just I mean, reminded me of Tom. 
Okay, I see what you're saying there, but I don't want people to like lose faith in the American legal system because I still think that those things are rare. Corruption with Girardi and the California bar, that's a horrible, rare example. Yeah, I still think it's fair to question it. I still think it's fair if you see something, say something. I know. I agree with that. If you see something shady, report it to the proper authorities. But I don't want everybody thinking that every state has this secret society of judges and lawyers. Yeah. But I'm sure Phaedra had friends that were attorneys and other friends that were judges. And she mentioned some of them by name in here. And I won't read them. But I don't know. I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. So then she says in March 2001 is when Phaedra introduced Stanton to Apollo Nita. He was clean cut, about six feet, two inches tall, intelligent and very handsome. Apollo put light skinned dudes back on the map. This is her. I didn't say that. He reminded me of a smooth criminal. So then they got to become friends. And Stanton says that Phaedra described Stanton as her best employee, best worker, closest friend. And that's how they got Apollo to come in with them on their little ring. Is that the word? The ring? Criminal ring? Criminal enterprise. Then it comes to a bigger job. What they did next, and this is according to Stanton, they had her fly to D.C. to go to Baltimore to the DMV. She had fake documents that she claims Phaedra gave her to obtain a state of Maryland driver's license. And she said she doesn't know why, but she successfully got the license and went back to Atlanta, Georgia. Then later on, she says Phaedra called her into her office and she said, hey, with that Maryland driver's license you got, go open up this bank account and we're going to deposit a check in there. So she claims that she deposited a $27,000 check for Phaedra and Apollo and that Apollo was there to pick her up when she cashed it out a month later. She doesn't say where it was from or anything. I imagine that Stanton's trying to connect it to the earlier ID fraudulent check enterprise that I mentioned earlier, but she doesn't outright say it in this book. Then then she says there were new jobs and that she had to crawl before she could mature and start walking. So now she's getting a bigger job. And this involved scoping out potential vehicles at luxury car dealerships. So she would drive around Atlanta and look at cars that she thought were nice. She would select certain dealerships, then walk around the lots with pen and pad casually discreetly recording the VIN numbers, makes, and models of not only the latest, but the hottest whips to hit the city. Once I had the information recorded, then she reported it back to E, who is Everett, and we'll talk about him later. And then she would give Everett the VINs. Is it VINs or VINs? And he would give Vin. the fake... Vin. He would give the fake... fake ident- identification number. Ah, duh. He would give... <laughs> Fake identification cards and fraudulent registration cards matching the vehicles that she had recorded. Then she would go back to the luxury dealerships with the VIN specific to that model with the identification cards, with the fraudulent records and ask for a key to be made. So then they would make her a key for a $150 charge. And then she would go back onto the lot at night with, I think, Apollo or maybe E and just drive the cars off the lot. And she said it was a perfect crime because they had the fake registrations that matched up to that car's particular VIN. And then she'd have someone else re-scratch down the VINs and replace them. You look like you have I a mean, question. I guess that is confusing to me. So they, she would go to a dealership and record the VIN number from a particular luxury automobile. Then she would, they would get fake registration and insurance documents or whatever for that vehicle and then go back to the same dealership and have that dealership 
any other car dealership. So oh, it, yeah, another dealership to make yeah. a key for. Okay, so then that so, dealership so the same, would the same brand. So ah, say, say you go to Toyota, you write down the Toyota Corollas, VIN, a specific one. Then you go make the fraudulent cards. Then you go back to a different Toyota dealership and you say, hey, I lost my keys, but here's all my info. Can you make me a key? You pay a $100.50 fee. And then you go back to that old car that you like copied the VIN for, use the key, drive off the lot. It's not that easy to drive a car off of <laughs> I mean, they have gate. That's that part is not making sense to me because they have gates. How are they? I guess they can. I guess the gates wouldn't be that hard to open. You have a bolt cutter. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I think that's the the least difficult problem. <laughs> but also, new cars have GPS. They've got VIN numbers everywhere. Well, new cars, but this was two thousand one. So then she said they would then take it to a chop shop where the VINs were filed down and replaced with new ones. Once they were replaced, she was provided with fraudulent certificates of vehicle titles from the state of Ohio. And then she would have to take the Ohio titles to Georgia, to the Georgia DMV, to be swapped out for Georgia titles. And that was... so much work. That is so much work. There's one more step. So the last step, and this is when Stanton... Maybe it happens often before, but she makes it sound like it was the only time she did it. I'm not sure. This is just for me reading this book in two hours. She had to go to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the job there was to take one of those luxury cars that they had replaced the VIN on and had all the documents for the fraudulent documents and say, hey, this car's a little too nice for me. I think I want to trade down. So then trade down for a cheaper car and get the cash difference for trading it in and then drive away. Wow. That, okay, so tell me how they get caught. (laughs) How long did it take before they got caught for this? So Stanton gets her cousin named Sheree to go in on it with her and help them out. And at first I was like, Sheree, but I don't think it's, it's not Not the Sheree. Sheree. (laughs) It's not Sheree. I love Sheree. (laughs) It's not Sheree, just same name. But she was then questioned at the DMV. And so then this detective named Peter McFarland was on duty that day and followed her around and had been investigating them for months, but they had no idea. Stanton then is, I think, seven months pregnant. She's driving to Chattanooga. She goes into the office. She said everything's fine. She decided to select a 1992 Nissan Stanza in return for a 2003 Cadillac Escalade. She took the car for a test drive. She gives the dealer her information, social security number, She's waiting for the paperwork. He comes back and says, what city and state were you born in? And she was like, what? I didn't know that answer. According to her and according to this book, the first three digits of your social security number identify the state that you were born in. Mm. So that set off alarm bells in the dealer's mind and the cops were called. And she ran on foot, seven months pregnant, and was tackled and arrested. She was arrested on charges of identity theft in... Tennessee, that was the state charges there. In Georgia, it was title fraud. And then later she got conspiracy charges, similar to Apollo. And while incarcerated, she said she kept trying to call Phaedra, being like, hey, now's your chance. Like, come represent me. Get me out. I think Phaedra went to court with her once on her behalf and represented her once, but then kept claiming there were conflicts of interest or other reasons why she couldn't represent her. There could be a conflict of interest if Phaedra's representing either Apollo or Everett or one of the other people in the criminal enterprise because they might be testifying against each other. She includes details about how she gave birth to her child while in prison and how traumatic it was. 
and then started running out of money because her mom got cancer and tried to call Phaedra for financial help. Her mom Mm -hmm. ends up dying and she can't go to the funeral because of some issues while she's being transported there. So Phaedra goes in her place, but never, according to Stanton, after she was released, never spoke to Stanton about how the funeral went and just ghosted her from her life. And that really pissed her off. Yeah. In the second book, she brings that up big time because... She is just furious that Phaedra was at her mother's funeral and she didn't get to go. And apparently Phaedra was holding Stanton's baby. And then she also talks about how when she gave birth, she was handcuffed. The hospital bed. And it was like super traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. Which And she said she got to be with her baby for 24 hours and then they yanked her baby away from her. So she was really upset in the second book. Well, why were you at my mother's funeral if you didn't know me? Why were you photographed holding my baby if you're saying you didn't know me at my mother's funeral? Why? She was really mad about that. So she got released at one point, Stanton, and she finally gets in touch with her and she's like, why didn't you talk to me? I guess Everett had told the authorities Angela Stanton was the mastermind in everything. And that obviously pissed her off. She mentions that the last time she spoke to Phaedra was in 2008. She said that she was at peace for a really long time. And then she caught the first episode of The Real Housewives of Atlanta on November 28, 2010. And it reignited her disdain for Phaedra. Mm. She said she was in a total state of shock when I learned that she married Apollo. Apollo was my criminal partner. He was our criminal partner. As I watched the show, I was about to die. Massive heart attack pains ran through my left arm. I knew damn well that I didn't just see Everett driving them to and from the hospital in Savannah, Georgia, when she had the baby. Oh, and please don't let me forget how Everett had everybody featured in the show from the Federal Halfway House when the Rolls Royce picked him up for Phaedra and Apollo's wedding. She said she was shouting at the television and she was wondering about her relationship with Phaedra. She was like, I reached out to you so many times. Why didn't you reach out to me? Why was the entire gang there with you on TV except for me? She was like, I know for a fact I had earned my stripes. Was this real? Was this happening? Phaedra had not moved on with her life at all. She was still involved with these people, which meant that she only distanced herself from me. But why only me? She said she learned after that Everett, while he was in the halfway house and before he got released from federal prison, he worked as a paralegal for her law firm. So I guess he's featured in some of the episodes of Real Housewives. She feels like she was set up and was set as the person to fall down because she was the weakest one financially, maybe emotionally out of the group. And she's like, why didn't anyone stand up for me? So then she tries to follow a civil lawsuit against Phaedra. She said that she tried calling every attorney in Atlanta. And that is when she feels Phaedra's connections turned against her because she couldn't get anyone to take her case. They said it was because the statute of limitations against Phaedra had run out. And then she decided to file a a complaint with the State Bar of Georgia against Phaedra, which was filed. And she includes at the end of her book, it basically recounts everything that's in the book, what happened legally. And she claims that they denied it again because the statute of limitations had passed. But that is the first part in Stanton's perspective. Can I just talk about the timeline? Because I think it's really interesting when this stuff is occurring. So Phaedra and Apollo supposedly met in 1995. Then it's July 24th, 2004, when Apollo goes to prison for the auto title fraud that we're talking about. And there was a 20-count indictment for the Georgia Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. So that's the RICO Act. And it was just like Sessie described in the book. And 
Yeah, let me pause. That's what I was talking about when I said the conspiracy stuff. But yeah, it was a RICO charge. Yeah. Yes. So Apollo goes to prison July 24, 2004. He is paroled May 27, 2009. And then August 25th, 2009 is when, according to the federal documents, he starts his second criminal enterprise. So that's not very long after getting paroled. And then on November 1st, 2009 is when Apollo and Phaedra get married. Oh, that's something I forgot to mention. Stanton thinks the only reason they got married was to avoid her testifying against him. And she was like, there was never any chemistry between them. She claimed she wasn't into him. That's no, that's super interesting. (laughs) Okay, wait, like, so wait, no, that wasn't a week later. It's a couple months. It's two months later. So two months So he starts his criminal enterprise, according to the federal documents, Apollo's own admission in his plea hearing in the United States Secret Service, August 26, 2009. Then two months later in November is when he gets married to Phaedra, November 1st, 2009. That's crazy. All right. So we've just gone through Apollo getting out of jail, restarting his criminal enterprise, and then Phaedra and Apollo getting married on November 1st, 2009. And then May 15th, 2010 is when... Aiden is born, one of Phaedra's super cute kids. And then September 26, 2012 is when Phaedra files the lawsuit against Stanton. For this book. Yes, the book Sessie was reading from. And Phaedra wanted, what, $30 million, $20 million? How many million dollars? Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe we're talking about defamation again. One more time. (laughs) Yeah, so this one's also interesting. And like we mentioned earlier, Angela bought the book that Stanton wrote about this entire lawsuit. September 26, 2012, this lawsuit is filed by Phaedra. So Phaedra sues Angela Stanton, Vibe Holdings LLC, and Fame Productions, Inc., doing business as Augustus Publishing, Inc. in this lawsuit. And the publisher is the publisher of uh, Stanton's book that Ceci read from. Phaedra gives her own factual background in the complaint. In addition to her full-time law practice and work as a television show producer, Plaintiff is also a current co-star of the hit Bravo television show, Real Housewives of Atlanta. About March 14, 2012, Defendant Vibe published an article titled Real Housewives of Atlanta star Phaedra Parks Exposed, which included a video interview with Defendant Stanton. The March 14 articles and interview include the following false and defamatory statements which when read in the context of the articles and the interview as a whole, convey a false and defamatory impression. I imagine it's like the entire book. Phaedra's also upset that Stanton is saying that she and Phaedra were friends. So Phaedra categorically denies that in the complaint. Saying that someone's your friend? Come on. I mean, there's that, but okay, the stuff you talked about, Mystical. Yeah, Phaedra told me that Mystical was the dumbest motherfucker she'd ever met in her life. So Phaedra, upset about these things being said about her, then has to republish them specifically in this complaint that we're now reading from. So that's what we're reading. She said the criminal activities began blossoming in 2000, been over a year of us feeling each other out. Phaedra was not comfortable enough to bring me into her illegal activities. It's a very long complaint. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So Phaedra wants compensatory damages in an amount not less than $5 million dollars. And then punitive damages in an amount not less than $25 million. So she's asking for $30 million total, which obviously she knows that Angela Stanton does not have. I think the book was originally selling pretty well, but it, she wasn't making, she didn't have. Yeah, but also like Phaedra has to prove that she has damages in that first amount. Okay, 5, $5 million, million for compensatory damages and then $25 million in punitive damages. But yes, she's, Phaedra's an attorney, so she knows that she has to prove her compensatory damages that she's claiming. And we'll get to that in a minute because Phaedra ends up being deposed no less than three times. September 26, 2012, this lawsuit is filed and it goes on for quite some time. There's a lot of motion practice. Angela Stanton didn't have an attorney at first. An attorney actually volunteered to work with her. And I was really impressed with this attorney for doing that. And so I want to mention him. Okay, so James Radford, Angela Stanton's attorney, he received his undergraduate degree from Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama, where he graduated magna cum laude. He received his degree from the University of Georgia, where he graduated again cum laude. James served on the editorial board for the Georgia Law Review. Prior to launching his private practice, he practiced for a number of years with one of Georgia's most prestigious civil rights law firms. James also served as a staff attorney for the 11th Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals, where he advised the court on a wide array of federal cases. In Stanton's second book, which discusses the legal proceedings from when she was sued by Phaedra, she is very complimentary of this attorney, as she should be. This attorney essentially took on this case and knew that she couldn't pay him and represented her. I do think from reading the lawsuit and then reading Phaedra's depositions, that Phaedra was really hoping that this lawsuit would scare Angela Stanton away and that it would scare the publishers and that they would back off because it was going to be difficult for Stanton to pay for an attorney, much less defend herself in all of this. And if this attorney hadn't stepped up, it would have been 
impossible, really, for her. For an attorney to do the amount of work that he did and do it so well, it was just very good representation of this woman who could not afford an attorney. It was high-level representation. I'm just impressed. I'm impressed with him. This litigation goes on for years. The fact that Apollo ends up getting arrested for the second time as the defamation case is going on kind of factors into it because one of the things that Stanton's attorney points out is that you're claiming $5 million of compensatory damages to your reputation, but at the same time that this book is out, your husband is getting arrested again and has pled guilty to federal crime. As Sesame will point out, it's pretty much a very similar scheme to what is alleged in Angela Stanton's book. Because Angela Stanton's like, see, he just got arrested again for doing very similar things while you're suing me for defamation and your name's on all these businesses and all of this stuff. And the attorney points out, well, don't you think having a husband get arrested for a big time federal conspiracy charge while you're married to him with your name on these businesses and that being public, don't you think that could have harmed your reputation? So we'll explain who Gayla St. Julian is, but she gets arrested September 11th, 2013. And then two days later, Secret Service agents obtain a federal warrant for Apollo and its vehicle, and they execute the search warrant. And that's going on, and that becomes public as well. So that's September 13th, 2013. Then September 30th, 2013, Phaedra's attorneys withdraw from representing her in her defamation case. So she was initially represented by Georgia-based defamation super lawyer Lynn Wood and criminal lawyer B.J. Bernstein. But both attorneys withdrew from the case on September 30th, 2013. And I want to say thank you, Becca, from All About the Tea, because you gave us super helpful timelines in this. And if your last name was on the article, I would have mentioned that too. But if you guys want all the details, the all about the tea timelines for this Phaedra and Apollo stuff are great. And they were really well done. So thank you. So they had to depose Phaedra three times. Remember, Phaedra is the plaintiff in this defamation lawsuit. She's the one that started the fight. Okay. The first deposition that they take of Phaedra Phaedra literally won't answer a single question. She won't answer anything. She just refuses to provide any information. Again, Phaedra's an attorney, so she knows that when you are the plaintiff in a lawsuit that you will necessarily be deposed. You don't get to file a lawsuit and be a plaintiff and start the fight and then not be deposed. This is an excerpt from one of the depositions. So the attorney, he was incarcerated sometime after you met that met him, is that right? I will not be answering questions about my husband. Okay, so you're refusing to answer that question, correct? Is that right? Is that right? That is correct. And you knew when you married him that he had been involved in a number of criminal activities, is that correct? Again, if you're refusing to answer, just say it, because if you ignore me, I'm going to wait all day for you to answer. I will not be answering that question. And you married him in spite of your knowledge of his involvement in financial fraud, correct? I will not be answering that question. Ernita is also a cast member of Real Housewives of Atlanta, is that correct? That is incorrect. He appears on that television show alongside you, is that correct? I will not be answering that question. Okay, and you've been a part you've been part of a number of business ventures with, with Mr. Nita, is that correct? I will not be answering that question. Okay. So, 
The fact that she wouldn't answer questions about stuff that everybody watched on TV. They did Donkey Booty together. That was a business venture. Wasn't that <laughs> their thing where they were competing with Kenya for their workout? Yeah. yeah. And then she was asking him to get involved with her mortuary business. And then there's all of these Georgia Secretary of State businesses that list Phaedra's name on there, which, again, Phaedra may not have known about. She may not have known that Apollo was doing that. I would certainly think that if you are married to someone who had committed financial fraud, you would be very meticulous about whether or not you were opening businesses with them, particularly when the thing that he was in trouble for involved him opening fake businesses. Unless you trusted him and That's liked the saying. way that he, yeah, like the way that he <laughs> went about his business. Okay, so this attorney is asking Phaedra very reasonable questions that she is just refusing to answer. And Phaedra should know as an attorney the scope of the spousal privileges and also the fact that you have to assert a privilege if you're not going to answer a question. And her attorney isn't objecting. So it, they got to depose her again. The judge was like, no. <laughs> Apparently, this judge was not in Phaedra's alleged secret society because he was like, you get to depose her again. So there's a second deposition where she actually does have to answer some questions. But they go through in the deposition some specifics of whether or not she knows Angela Stanton. So you never bought vodka for anybody else either? Uh-uh. All right. No, I buy champagne, but vodka, no. All right, did you ever eat at a Papado restaurant with Miss Stanton? I don't recall. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I hate Papado's. Oh, you hate it, okay. That's the one restaurant that I actually hate, and anyone who really knows me knows that that's the one restaurant you can never take me to. I do hate it. I just thought that was like, she's going way out of her way, which by the way, I there's nothing wrong with that restaurant, so it's fine. But she's going way out of her way to say she hates this particular restaurant. So he tries to ask her, Stanton's attorney tries to ask Phaedra how much money she makes from Real Housewives. Because remember, Phaedra has to prove her damages and she's alleging $5 million in compensatory damages. So that's in the context of this defamation claim, Phaedra's saying, I would have made an additional $5 million if Angela Stanton hadn't said these things about me and my relationship with Apollo and this alleged criminal enterprise that I'm involved with. Phaedra filed this lawsuit. She started this fight. She's the one alleging these damages. She's the one that chose that number. She has to prove her damages. And it is completely reasonable for an attorney to question the plaintiff in a lawsuit about her damages. And Phaedra knew this when she filed it because she is an attorney. This stuff is relevant. It's at issue. Where does your money come from? Show us the decline in money and then prove that it has to do with these particular statements that are being made. So he's trying to ask, he's trying to ask Phaedra about her businesses. And she's being very difficult about that. And then she claims that she gets 50% of her income from her Real Housewives check and the other 50% from her law firm. He tries to ask her, well, how much money did you make from your side businesses? And she like, tries to say she didn't have any. What about this business, the fitness business with Apollo? And she claims not to know about it. And it's just, when you're an attorney and you file a lawsuit for somebody else, you know what goes into that and you explain it to the client. 
before they file the lawsuit, so they know what they're getting themselves into. Phaedra knows that this stuff is actually at issue, so I am just shocked by her recalcitrant behavior. I mean, what did you think? Not to say that what Angela Stanton said in in her book that I read is correct, but she studied the law very closely to know or find loopholes or apparent loopholes or ways to get around things or whatnot. And this just feels to be in line with that. It's not technically a loophole not to answer questions, (laughs) but she seems to be just using the fact that she's an attorney to be like, I don't have to answer this. But I, as an officer of the court, I wouldn't behave this way in a deposition over a lawsuit that I filed. She filed the lawsuit. She she didn't have to file no, this lawsuit and put this at issue. It just bothers me. I don't know. So then this lawsuit goes on. There's a third deposition that's eventually taken. I guess they finally got answers, but Phaedra got it ordered under seal. So we don't have a copy of it. But eventually Stanton's counterclaims that she filed were dismissed. And then Phaedra dismissed her lawsuit with prejudice and there was no money paid by either side. Angela Stanton really felt like that was a victory. And then Phaedra's book is released November 3rd, 2013, and it's called Secrets of the Southern Bell, How to Be Nice, Work Hard, Look Pretty, Have Fun, and Never Have an Off Moment. A couple months later, on January 21st, 2014, an arrest warrant is issued for Apollo, and then he's charged with bank fraud and identity theft. She releases that book about how to never have an off moment. And then a few months later, her <laughs> husband is arrested. Should we get into what this one's about? Yes. Okay. Okay. So this arrest stems from a district attorney's complaint that charged that Apollo created two collection agency businesses that allowed him to access credit card credit databases such as LexisNexis and Equifax. He used access to the credit databases to steal personal information from a number of individuals. Then St. Julian, who Angela mentioned briefly, our Angela, not Angela and Stanton, would use the stolen personal information to open bank accounts. Then she would deposit stolen U.S. Treasury checks, fraudulent auto loan checks, stolen retirement checks, and checks for people who were owed money from the state unclaimed property agency. Nita created a fake automobile dealership company called Ferrari Auto House. Then he used the stolen IDs to apply for auto loans. So he created his own dealership and then used the stolen identities for auto loans. So agents in the United States Secret Service, Counterfeit, and U.S. Treasury Check Unit investigated the case. The United States Secret Service typically investigates these types of financial crimes. The break in the case came in September when federal investigators arrested Gala St. Julian, a woman who described herself as Nita's right-hand bitch in executing the legwork of his fraud schemes, according to the complaint. She previously served prison time for identity theft and told agents that Nita only paid her scraps for work compared to the amount of money he made from fraud schemes. So can I talk about St. Julian a minute? Yeah, let's... Okay, so this St. Julian person is the only person I have ever seen in a formal federal document described this way. They describe her as, quote, an attractive African-American woman with a distinctive figure. What? I think that, yeah, that's from the federal, that's a federal document. And I think that means that she was an absolute smoke show. So Apollo is hanging out with this absolute smoke show. And so this is, this was how St. Julian worked as described by the U.S. attorney at Apollo's plea hearing. 
The case began in terms of the Secret Services investigation in early 2012 when a fraud investigator at J.P. Morgan Chase noticed a pattern. Part of that investigator's job was to look into fraud losses suffered by J.P. Morgan Chase. The fraud investigator routinely pulled and reviewed ATM photos and other bank surveillance photos for clues. Over time, she began recognizing the same woman, an attractive African-American woman with a distinctive figure, conducting transactions in multiple accounts. The woman disguised herself by dressing in different ways. One day, she would wear a designer-fitted workout suit. On another, she would dress in impeccable business attire. She also used wigs and eyeglasses to change her appearance and made herself look various ages, ranging from 30 to 70. She carried herself with a tremendous amount of confidence, visible even through the surveillance video. So they're saying this woman who I'm sad is not a real housewife now, (laughs) is so good at disguises and such a smoke show that she was recognizable even with these different costumes and things that she had on. And I just, I've never seen anyone described that way in like a federal pleading, which I think goes to show how like attractive this person must be. It sounds like they quoted the, the bank investigator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First, when you when you mentioned it, I thought it was the federal prosecutors calling her (laughs) having a distinctive figure. I found a photo of her that I just sent to you. She has really large breasts. The distinctive figure. Okay. Yeah. And very tiny waist. So she's hot. (laughs) Yeah. It's somebody you would notice. But apparently can disguise herself. This is just an aside, but one of the most effective. Uh, people that's on the most wanted list is this guy that is so nondescript. He is of average height, average hair. He looks like a basic white dude that you would see in khaki pants and a blue shirt anywhere. And they have not been able to find him. And they've even talked about how, because he looks so average, how difficult it is to find somebody with that description. Because you're literally going, "Um, it's a white guy, like 5'7". He's slightly balding, a receding hairline, and he's got brown eyes. That's not helpful. Do we want to talk about how she literally helped to bring Apollo down? Yeah, let's talk about that. There's an affidavit by a special agent on the case. He states that she let them record phone calls between herself and Nita, during which he discussed details of pending fraudulent auto loans and details of future auto loan checks that he was expecting to receive any day now in the mail. That's how they ended up getting the warrant to go through Apollo's car. And then they got the computers and other things that they were able to trace back to Apollo being essentially the mastermind of this scheme. So Apollo was sentenced to eight years in federal prison for conspiracy to commit mail, wire, and bank fraud charges. And he was also ordered to remit $1.9 million for his crimes. He completed a 96-month prison sentence in June 2019. However, I want to point out that while St. Julian was the, the woman counterpart, was in prison, she sent out like a mass email to publications trying to clear her name. Should I read from it? Yeah. Okay. So she says... To all the people who hide behind keyboards with negative comments and opinions, to the individuals who know nothing of my life or struggles, Apollo sat in the back of Judge Pinnell's courtroom, the look of fear on his face, awaiting my f- which will soon be his fate. April 23rd, 2014 was a day of new beginnings for me. I took full responsibility for my actions. I did not testify against Apollo. That was like in big caps. 
Eight months ago, I did assist the Secret Service in only holding Apollo accountable for his part in the crimes, which like, okay, so you didn't testify <laughs> against him, but you let them record your calls with him. Anyway, Apollo and I have a very long history together. We often referred to each other as best friends. I protected, kept Apollo's secrets, covered up lots of affairs, and when his mother lay fighting the battle against AIDS at St. Joseph Hospital, I was the one he called. We cried together and prayed together. Apollo made a promise to me that he would support me if the inevitable ever happened. When I went to him and he abandoned me with a husband and children, I faced his head on. I wasn't going to run. On that faithful day, I already knew I was on my own. I simply chose my life and family over Apollo. While Apollo cooperated with the Secret Service, Apollo had the audacity to imply that my husband of three months was somehow involved in our crimes. Nothing could be further from the truth. Apollo, if you read this, I kept your wife out of this. Someone has to stay and care for the children. Let's leave it at that. So she's like insinuating. Yeah. That Phaedra something was with involved. the Phaedra. Yeah. And for Angela Stanton, I'm skipping ahead. While I never disrespect the struggle of another woman, I believe she suffered a great deal. I don't believe her book to be accurate. As it pertains to Everett, Phaedra, or Apollo, everybody knows Phaedra is no mastermind. Don't get me wrong. Phaedra is not innocent, but she ain't no mastermind. Everybody knows why Apollo married Phaedra. So if you are curious to know the truth, deception, betrayal of an Atlanta housewife's couple, then be sure to look out for her double life of a church girl memoirs of female hustler coming soon. So she's writing her own Everybody's book. writing a book. <laughs> Everyone's writing a book. We'll probably read that one too. Wait, why did Apollo marry Phaedra? Because I do agree that it, just from the show, that it didn't really look like they ever had any real chemistry. And to be fair, Phaedra was pretty much pregnant the whole time on the show, but there was the whole thing with Apollo texting Kenya and that yeah. whole issue. He definitely didn't seem, he wasn't very loving towards Phaedra, which I was always frustrating to watch. I agree with you. I think when they had kids, it made me really surprised. I was like, oh, maybe they do intend to make a real family out of this. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like I mentioned, Angela Stanton said that they got married to have some sort of spousal privilege in case either one of them were ever arrested, which I guess Apollo has been. They got married so fast. And then according to Apollo's own admission in his plea hearing, that happened. He start, He restarted his criminal enterprise. I, I guess part of my problem with thinking about the Phaedra is a legit attorney. She has real clients. Why do criminal stuff? What motivation does she actually have to participate in a criminal Enterprise. It wasn't making her as much money as she put on. And that's another thing Angela Stanton says is that she puts on everything. It's, it's all just for public perception and she doesn't actually have anything to back it up. So maybe she engaged in the crime to make some of that money up. And then another point, maybe she married Apollo right after he got out for the first legal issue that we talked about, the whole Rico stuff, because she couldn't marry him before because he went to jail but people it get married so in jail quickly. all the time. Oh, true. That's yeah. true. But then I, I was thinking maybe it had something to do with the statute of limitations thing and how, I don't know, because he got out in 2009, you said? Yeah, maybe they could have gotten married in jail. I mean, yeah, no, people do that all the time. There's people marrying prisoners. I mean, maybe that would have made it seem more suspicious in her mind. Because when he got out, she was still under the five-year statute of limitations, I think. Yeah, so he was paroled know. on May 27, 2009. And then according, like I said before, according to his own admission in his plea hearing, he started, he restarted 
a criminal enterprise October 25th, 2009, and then got married to Phaedra November 1st, 2009. And then by May 15th of 2010, their first son was born. It's just, I, I would prefer to believe that Phaedra didn't have anything to do with it. It's just, it's I like when she was starting the whole mortuary, mortuary business and then Apollo wanted nothing to do with that. Maybe she purposely did not pay any attention to anything he was doing because she was afraid and didn't want to believe that he would be doing anything criminal again, giving her the benefit of the doubt. It's very confusing. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. And we can't not mention the fact that many Reddit theorists have theorized that the mortuary business was just a front to steal identities. That has happened before. In fact, the guy I was talking about, the guy that they can't find, he did that. He was one of the first people to digitize death records and stuff. And he also owned a cemetery. So he had access to a bunch of fake identities. So that's happened before, but we're not saying that's why Phaedra was doing that. It's just, it has been brought up. Okay, so Phaedra's deposition is June 19th, 2014, where she was evasive and very difficult to depose. Then July 8th, less than a month later, that's Apollo's sentencing. And on July 8th, 2014, Apollo was sentenced to eight years in federal prison for cashing stolen checks and laundering $2.3 million through phony bank accounts. Apollo expressed disappointment at Phaedra's absence and the fact that she didn't support him in his time of need. And then Phaedra was very um, adamant that she was protecting her children from this legal process and seeing their dad that way. So that's July 8th, 2014. July 17th, 2014, Apollo is on the red carpet at Peter Thomas's and Cynthia Bailey's Ebony Magazine Bar One event. Parks wasn't there. And that's when the divorce rumors started. Then September 10th, 2014, that's when Apollo was scheduled to surrender to begin a sentence. Do you remember that episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta? That one was tough to watch. Mm-hmm. It was tough to watch. When I mean, he was in the garage with Phaedra, Hearing all the stuff from Angela Stanton's book and then all of this, you have to wonder if part of the reason why he was so upset was because she was in on it, too, and then she wasn't supporting him or showing up for the hearing. Dropping him like she did Angela Stanton, if we believe. If we believe. Yeah. The other thing was July, they don't end up getting divorced until July 11th, 2017. And part of that reason was Phaedra tried to file the divorce proceedings under different names for privacy. But the, the courts were not having that. And so they're like, no, he is your husband. You knew he was a felon when you married him. He's entitled to full notice of all the proceedings and to be able to participate in the divorce proceedings. I guess now we should talk about the dark turn that Angela Stanton takes. No, we, oh. we still have more Apollo issues. Oh, legal okay. issues. oh sorry. <laughs> yeah. So he completed his sentence June 2019. Nine days later, he actually had to be returned to jail because he violated a technical condition of his release. It's conditions that can be set governing your release. And these can include things like you can't leave the jurisdiction. You have to report. You have to be honest in your reporting. You have to meet family obligations, work regularly, field visits, notifications of arrest, working as informers, and notifications of inherent risk accompanying record. So he violated some technical condition about of his release and went back. Then... May 30th, 2021, he was arrested in a Miami hotel while on federal probation. And this, we don't have specifics about it because it actually wasn't revealed to the public until he filed an application to end his supervised release, like this other arrest that we just talked about. And he had to mention this arrest. 
So that's the end of Apollo. But yeah, let's go back in our our third star in this episode. Let's talk about Angela Stanton. So her story, I will have to say in reading her stuff from the books, she she I I felt for her and she admits that she made a lot of mistakes. She gets very she was very upset, for example, about Phaedra contacting her daughter. She talks about how she was working to get an act in place so that it would be illegal to handcuff women to their bed while they're giving birth and to help incarcerated mothers. And then she is pardoned by Donald Trump. And a pardon means that all of her felonies, her federal crimes are like they never existed. So she can vote again. She can run for office. She can have a gun. All of the federal crimes gone. A pardon doesn't wipe out your state crimes, but any federal crime, it's like it never existed. The story is just crazy, you know, involved with all of these reality TV people. And then she's in the White House praying over Donald Trump. And then she's in like Guardian articles talking about QAnon. It's just do not do not recommend <laughs> like any of those things. But the story is just crazy. And then she runs for office. She loses. Senate. Yeah, she runs for the United States Senate in Georgia. In 2020. There's some unpleasant stuff with her on Dr. Phil. I do not recommend and I do not support in the Bravo docket doesn't support and Ceci does not support her behavior towards the LGBT community. Which on that note, happy Pride Month to everyone who celebrates. Happy Pride. All right. I think that's the end of the Apollo, Phaedra, Angela Stanton saga. I mean... So much here. This was fun. I liked covering this one. This one was really just interesting. And there are so many layers and the Secret Service and presidential pardons and the multiple books being written and just the timeline of everything. I really hope Phaedra wasn't involved with any criminal activity. Who knows? (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye, guys. Check us out on Instagram, Patreon. You can email us and we've got our zoom coming up so if you have questions you can join our patreon and ask us there thanks guys the bravo docket is part of the acast creator network Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Bravo Docket is part of the ACAST Creator Network.